Yo, Cal. Yo, I'm coming in right now. Okay. There we go. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Parachuting in, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I should probably let him in. There we go. There up, we go. I have four four screen looks good, baby. Dude, it looks good, man. Foreskin. The foreskin. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's not call it that. Uh Brad, you're gonna have to make up a new name for that. Yeah. I don't know. I'll come up with something in my uh spare time. <laughs> All right. All yeah, right. Man. Let's do it. All right. We are joined by Naked Take contributors. Kyle Banaszewski does the entertainment side, movie reviews. Go check them out. If you're wondering what's hot, what's not, go check out on that on the entertainment side. Tyson Gentry joins me on the Bradley Kai show. We talk about basketball. He also writes about the MMA for the Naked Take. Go check out the website. And of course, you know me, Brad Wakai, and the man, the myth, the legend himself, Matt Johnson, Johnny Radio. Welcome to the pod, boys. How are you guys doing tonight? Good, man. Good to be yeah. here. My bad. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry to cut <laughs> you off. To. No, we're we're going to lose a lot of money this week, boys, so let's see how it goes. <laughs> so for those of you guys who don't know, we're all in a uh, pick em challenge through the website here. Kyle came in very confident, and he's been le- pulling up the rear the whole season. He's starting to turn around, though, I will say. He's starting to he's starting to get the wagon on the track. Yeah, uh, so so far, you know, it's kind of been rough. Um, two games, I think, under 500. Uh, I pushed twice, and, uh, you know, in our league, this we're not counting those as wins. So uh, hopefully I can turn it around here soon. There's been some uh, crazy upsets, I was going to say, early on in the season. Uh, it's starting to, you know, pan out now, now that we can kind of see how each team is doing. Um, obviously, coming into the season was a very weird situation without without having, uh, you know, a lot of uh, OTAs or the preseason. So, uh, you know, I'm uh, confidently optimistic uh, looking forward. We'll say that. I mean, it's definitely been weird without fans. Like, it's hard to figure out because, you know, New Orleans, you know, at home, they're like untouchable on the spread. And now they, you know, Aaron Rodgers is hard counting on the road. It's just so weird. Tyson, you started off hot. Got a little cold. What's going on? How are we getting it back on back on track? I'm blaming every single kicker in the NFL. We just make <laughs> field goal kicks. I'm probably undefeated right now. Uh, <laughs> no, man, I can't pick the spread to save my life. I don't know what it is, but yeah, just stay away from the birds and I'll be in good shape. Oh, Have they- you thought of like doing the exact opposite of what you might be picking, or is that just like going for your gut? This is what I'm doing. Let's ride. I'm always uh- just going with the gut. <laughs> sorry, I don't know. I sorry, Johnson. I don't know if you're asking that a general question or, or for Tyson. Oh, uh, that could be that could be a general because I'm fucking doing terrible. I mean, you know, how, like <laughs> it, it doesn't make any sense. Like, I mean, this whole season's like a fucking whack, right? So, I mean, yeah. Um, I guess for myself, like, I don't know. Like last week, a lot of the lines were like a touchdown even, which I usually try to stay away from because there's a lot of push scenarios with that, um, which. I know, you know, it's gotten me the first couple weeks. Um, Anything that, you know, is under three is kind of attractive to me, especially when it comes to, like, underdogs and stuff. Um, I know I did screw up on that Jags pick. Uh, I think they were plus five and a half. Yeah. Uh, I think – Everybody had the Jags up for myself and Christian. See, that's what's the problem now because it's such whack with, like, like, what's going on and, like, you can't pick a spread like that. And even when you pick, like, okay, we have, like, seven, seven and a half, you buy it down, it's still not worth it. Like, you never know what's going to happen with this league right now. Yeah, totally agree. And uh, I know last couple weeks the uh, Ravens and Chiefs have had some very uh, crazy outlandish NFL lines, like, I think 11 and a half, which, I mean, that's Mm -hmm. huge regardless of how, you know, good you are. And um, I know a lot of people – um, not saying in our pick'em challenge, but you know, across the United States, you know, had the Chiefs, and uh, I know Johnson, you picked the Raiders plus eleven and a half. That was a good, very good pick. I mean, they won outright. So, um, and I think I think that's gonna start changing the line for them, honestly, down the season. Because to be fair, like, yeah, I know, like in a lot of the power rankings, you know, they're considered you know top three. But honestly, watching them play, like, I haven't been crazy impressed. Like, they mm-hmm. probably could have lost to the Chargers. Uh, they lost to the Raiders. If, you know, Cam was playing for New England and, you know, Stidham and Hoyer didn't make two <laughs> crazy mistakes down, you know, in the red zone where they didn't come up with any points, 
and I don't think Cam makes those mistakes. I mean, that's another potential loss. So, I mean, that's three right there. So, yeah, what I think is there's only a handful of teams like in the NFL that are actually competitive. And I don't think the Chiefs mind losing like three or four games this year. You know what I mean? Like, when it comes down to the playoffs, I mean, you look at the teams in the AFC and NFC, like, I think the Chiefs are fine. Like, even though they lost their car and that whole fiasco that happened, I think they're completely fine. In the same way, I don't think the Steelers are that good. You know what I mean? I, I just think Roethlisberger is, you know, I mean, put it this way. Like, we won eight games last year and we had no quarterback. Mm. But we're not competitive at all. We're not going to win a championship. I think uh, a team like Kansas City, Seattle, um, is what's going to be paramount in the end. I mean, obviously, we got a lot to see what's going to happen, so it's interesting for sure. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, Tyson, we always kind of talk about this, like when we think about the NFL, like who's been really, you know, besides like the Jets who are just shitty, the Giants have been shitty for like five years. Like who's been like extremely disappointing for you so far? Disappointing? Yeah. Um. Well, I mean, obviously – you gotta like you gotta say the Cowboys have been disappointing. <laughs> if every year they come in, they got probably the most stacked offense in the league. Um, Dak's putting up 500 yards a game. They're still losing. Um, as much as like I genuinely dislike the Dallas Cowboys, and um, Mike McCarthy's the same coach that Green Bay let go a year ago. The same, the so same it, coach, like, yeah. Yeah, it, they. I don't know what they thought they were getting into, but the talent that they have does not match the record that they have right now. If I'm a Cowboys fan, I'm disappointed. Um, yeah, that's the one that jumps off the page to me. Yeah, it, it definitely is strange. And Philly's been disappointing, too. I mean, they're again, motivated. they're just decimated by injuries. But, you know, well, that's a different tangent for a different different day that I could go on. But, honestly, for me, it's the Falcons. I mean, that team is way too talented to be what they are right now on five with a, a very competent quarterback in Matt Ryan. But, you know, they rolled the dice with Dan Quinn again and – you know, and it's so unfortunate out. because they 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 peak. They're done. That's never going to happen. Yeah. You know I mean, Matt Ryan is, you know, as good as he is, the Falcons are never going to be that team again, right? After yeah. twenty eight to three, and Matt Ryan might just ride off into the sunset. That's it. I know, Kyle. You were talking a lot about like, I mean, this draft's loaded for quarterbacks, and we kind of chat a little bit about. If the Falcons went 0 16, would they move on from Lawrence? Um, you mean Ryan? Or from Ryan and, and move into Lawrence? I mean, where do you think, personally, for Trevor Lawrence, where do you think he'd be the best fit schematically? You know, that's a great cre- uh, question, Brad. And I was actually pondering that very question before coming on here because um, I figured it would come up. Um, it's really interesting because, again, you know, Matt Ryan, you know, I wouldn't say he's elite and I wouldn't say he's bad. I'd say he's, you know, somewhere in the in the good range. Um, he's getting older now. He's 36, I believe. He has a couple more years left on his contract, um, which is honestly, I think, the biggest thing for them moving forward. If uh, they were to move on from him, especially uh, next year, if not the following year, they're taking a pretty big cap hit. Uh, I believe the uh, cap this year is like 190 something million. I think next year it drops down to like 175, and I believe moving off of him next year would render like a $26 million cap hit, which is honestly pretty significant. Um, But, you know, I think if they do end up only winning one or two games and, you know, Lawrence or Fields is available, I would highly consider, uh, you know, picking one of them up, even if you had to sit them for a year and, you know, let some of that cap, uh, you know, not take the hit or like not take the hit for the cap cap space and uh, kind of, you know, have a veteran, you know, mentor them. Um, I do believe either of them could come right into this league and, you know, kill it. But I mean, if the Falcons had that opportunity to pick one of them up, I would definitely go for it. I mean, the Falcons have some weapons on offense and uh, you know, if they could rebuild their defense a little bit um, I think, you know, they could be again, nine, 10, one team, um, especially now that, you know, uh, Quinn's gone. And if they can get someone competent in there uh, to start finishing some games, they could they could definitely win. How, how does the team strategize? Like, not thinking about tanking necessarily, but like, you're not going to get Trevor first overall, right? Because that's going to be, I mean, even though the Falcons are winless, but like, how do you get a guy like Fields? 
Like, how do you set that up as a coach coming in? You know what I mean? That's one of the ultimate things that I've always like thought about. You know what I mean? Like, what's the mentality coming in for a coach like that? Whoever it may be. I mean, honestly, I would do what the Dolphins do or have done. I think they've handled this perfectly. You know, but you have a guy like 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 Fitzpatrick, and then you have Tua. Like that's kind of a little bit different. I, I guess you have like Matt Ryan, obviously, but like I don't think Matt Ryan has that thing in his head that he's on his way out. You know what I mean? Like okay, you know what I, I mean? Like, yeah, you, yeah. You know what I mean? Like uh, like uh, Fitzpatrick, he knows he's not going to be the guy long term. I think right. So, yeah, he's got it. He's got to be yeah. like that. Oh, so that, yeah. I was just going to say one more thing. That's actually interesting. You bring up, um, you know, the dolphins. Cause I think they're also in a very unique situation. Obviously I would say they're technically in a rebuild with, mm-hmm. you know, Brian Flores down there. I think, you know, he's creating a very good atmosphere down there, you know, regardless whether they're winning or they're losing, they're playing competitive. And it seems mm-hmm. like the players actually want to be there and play right. for him, which I think is very important to have that mindset in the NFL. Um, and I'd really like to see if Tua gets to play, maybe eight, nine games this season. And honestly, if they only end up again with two, three, four wins and they have an opportunity to get a Justin Fields or uh, Lance from North Dakota state mm-hmm. and, uh, and Tua, like he's looking shaky. I, I wouldn't mind if they picked up a quarterback because, you know, nowadays, you know, you see uh, Herbert come in, you see Burrow come in and they've been effective right away, you know, on, I mean, in Burrow's case, a, a bad team. And he's still, you know, looking pretty good. And if Tua mm-hmm. comes in and he's looking shaky, I I wouldn't mind if they, you know, went after another quarterback and see if it pans out. I mean, they're going to have a lot of top 10 picks this year. I think they have Houston's uh, mm-hmm. pick. They got a lot of their picks. They got a lot. Yeah. <laughs> which is a big deal. So they, they're going to have two or three possibly top 10 picks, which, I mean, they have some they have some thinking to do there. Yeah, no doubt about that. Um, Tyson, let's talk big picture for the NFL and just in terms of moving forward, going from this kind of weird COVID year um, and then moving into next year when they finally get fans back into the stands, but with a lower salary cap. How do we think that's going to play forward in terms of what the quarterbacks are asking for money-wise, how it seems like contracts keep going up? Like, What are your general thoughts on that? Well, I know that – it, these quarterbacks are going to be looking at the number everyone else is getting. I mean, you can't – Dak Prescott can't ask for Patrick Mahomes' money before the ankle injury or whatever, obviously. But um, it's a, it's got to be a pride thing too a little bit. Um, it's going to be a percentage thing. I think it will boil down to like maybe you don't make $40 million a season, but your percentage of the cap hit, these guys are going to want probably the same amount that a Patrick Mahomes is getting and stuff like that. But it's going to fall on – these really talented general managers in the league are going to separate themselves from guys like uh, I'm just trying to think in my head, but people that have kind of blown up their entire team to build around this quarterback. And then we've seen over and over again, um, like new England's pretty much the only team in the last decade that has built around a quarterback that wasn't on their rookie deal. Um, and that was Brady taken back in deals. He probably owns part of that team now or whatever, <laughs> but um, I, I think that that's my takeaway from next season that I'm looking forward to is what GMs are going to separate themselves is. Tyson, what do you, what do you think that line is between like, you look at a guy like Belichick and he obviously is frustrated that he doesn't have a quarterback. So like, what are they looking at? You know what I mean? To say, this is our guy. This is what we can deal with for the long term. I think that falls onto kind of what they want to be able to do as an offense. I know, I think Belichick knows um, that he only he might only have to score 21 points to win games. Granted, they had eight defensive players opt out because of COVID, but I mean in Atlanta, like before the season, Dan Quinn knew they're going somebody scoring 40 on them every week. Like you got <laughs> right. they had a first round pick at every position before trouble got cut. So it was like I think that has a lot to do with it. Where um, we see over and over again, teams that build through the draft are a lot better off than teams that build through free agency and. Uh, or bargain bin hunting, but a lot of these guys can't do that. No, I think that's a good point. I, I like that idea about the percentage of the salary cap because I think that's a way to mm-hmm. appease the egos of you know many of these players. Like Jalen Ramsey got the bag, 
But you know, when well, the it's, next a, it's such it's up, such it's such an appeasement league now. You know true, I mean? that's what they're that's what a lot of teams are like going for. You know what I mean? And yeah, and that's fine in the long term. I mean, you see the same thing with like Dak, even like in like with Jerry Jones. I mean, you got to give him a certain amount, and a lot of people are expecting that, and it's it's really just a dollar amount that you see, which is unfortunate, but that's kind of the way things play out. You know, long term here. No, absolutely. Um, Kyle, I was, I was kind of curious about your thoughts on this one and because you gave us a breakdown of your thoughts on the on the Chiefs, you know, which I agree with. I don't think they've looked stellar. In terms of the Ravens with Lamar Jackson, this is a, probably like the third or even close to the fourth week in a row that their offense hasn't really exploded like we've seen the past couple years. Is that a more of a fundamental aspect of teams are catching up to what that offense does or is it just the fact that you know, that was such a flash in the pan and they reached such high levels that they're naturally going to come back down and regress. You know, that's a great question as well, Brad. And um, I'm not going to lie. I have not watched a lot of the Ravens so far this year. Um, I did watch obviously the chiefs game where they did not look good at all. And they were at home, which again was disappointing for them. I'm sure I know, you know, a lot of people have them winning 13, 14, 15 games potentially. And, you know, I still think they'll definitely win at least 12, 12, 13 games. Um, now, whether or not they look pretty, you know, doing it is another question. Um, but again, this is a one game league and it's all going to come down to the playoffs, which they'll make for sure. Um, it'll be interesting to see when they start playing, you know, divisional teams, you know, Cleveland and Pittsburgh later on in the season, you know, weather starts getting cold, you know, can Lamar keep it together? Can they start moving the ball? If the box is getting stacked with, you know, 70 mm-hmm. guys, mm-hmm. Um, you know, Lamar hasn't looked, you know, all that great, uh, to be honest, um, especially throwing the ball. I think he's missed a um, couple easy routine throws. And I think he does rely on Andrews uh, a little too much in certain instances where he kind of just eyes him down and is set on throwing to him. Now, Andrews obviously is a mismatch for a lot of, uh, you know, safeties or backers who are on him. And I think later on, like in New England, you know, how they like to neutralize the number one threat. So, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, if they end up playing New England at some point in the playoffs, Belichick has a backer kind of fronting him and a safety behind as like a bracket kind of neutralize him. And then Gilmore on, um, what's his name? Antonio Brown's cousin. Marquise Brown. And then, you know, Gilmore on him and that who leaves like who Willie Sneed and like whoever else. So I mean, like, I mean, I don't know. Like, I hope they can force Lamar to, you know, make those tough throws or whoever it is playing them. Um, you know, being a New England fan, I think it's been great over the years that Bill Belichick can be a defensive genius. And then you have Josh McDaniels who could literally scheme up an entire new game plan week, uh, week to week, just depending on who they're going against, which mm-hmm. is, you know, something I admire most about him. And honestly, what gives, you know, New England a great chance every year, no matter who they play, no matter, you know, uh, the lack of talent, you know, they might have that some people, you know, always say, you know, they don't have any stars or playmaker, mm-hmm. um, but it doesn't really matter because it, you know, it all comes down to matchups in the NFL. And if, you know, you can out scheme someone else and, you know, do your job, as Bill Belichick always says, you always have a chance to win. So. Yeah, absolutely. Dude. I, I think that's like the, the thing about the dynasty that people fail to mention is everybody's like, well, Belichick and Brady. I'm like, yeah, but Belichick doesn't deal with the offense. It's McDaniels. And I think a lot of people overlook that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why he's so valuable. And I think people always kind of harp on him for his Broncos stint, even though he won a playoff game with Tim Tebow. And then when he backtracked <laughs> from the Colts, yeah, I guess your Steelers. And then when he backtracked from the Colts too, it's like, oh, Josh McDaniels, who kind of an asshole, kind of a weirdo, you know, it's kind of by himself. But I think he's a hot commodity. I think he's going to either wait for the perfect job with the Patriots think, or he's going to take a big job like the Falcons or something like that, throw something out there. I, I think he's really smart enough to resist that and do that. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think he would have done that at some point already. I think. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. But I, I think he's smart enough to set himself up like, okay, this is going to be my position for the long term. I mean, just going off that at the same time, like Belichick, I – my one question is, what does he have left to prove? Uh, Kyle, you might be able to answer this better, but like, what what is there left? 
I mean, yeah, he's definitely getting older and obviously, you know, his career is unmatched. I mean, I think he's the best head coach, you know, to ever do it. Um, but I really, you know, there's always been those reports. Him and Brady had bad blood, especially towards the end. Um, I just think he just wants to continue a winning culture up there and just show that, you know, he is a very large contributor to their success. And, you know, it's not all Brady and it's not, I wouldn't say it's all him, but, you know, it's a good combination of, of the two. But I think you definitely need, uh, you know, a great head coach who, again, can scheme up uh, a plan to put you in position to win every week. And then, you know, it's up to Brady and all the other players who, you know, when they were there to go out on the field and, again, do their job. Um, I really think, you know, if he could get to, you know, one more AFC championship or, you know, another Super Bowl run within the next two, three, four years, I, I could see him packing up and possibly retiring. Like I said, he is getting older. And if he, you know, hands the keys down to uh, McDaniels, I think that'd be a very smooth transition. Um, again, I think McDaniels is seasoned enough. And uh, I think, you know, Belichick's habits and traits have kind of now, um, you know, passed on the McDaniels to a certain extent. And I think he would try to continue most of that uh, in New England if he did stay. Um, I'm sure... <laughs> Do you think he'd really be a guy to just hand the reins over? Because I, I, I've thought about this a million times in my life. Like, is Belichick or like Saban just like, I'm done? You know what I mean? Like, just hand it off or like. Uh, I mean, that's honestly a great question. I can't see him wanting or willing really to go anywhere else. I don't think he's in it for the money at all. I think because craft like would it take like something to be like, all right, shit, I can't do this anymore. I'm done. Fuck, I'm out. You know what I mean? I mean, I could definitely see that. And like, I know he was very frustrated with like the Brady situation because he did want to get right. rid of Brady. So I think if there was any point, it would probably would have been then. But now, like, again, he acts as GM for them. Like he has like complete control of them. Right. Yeah. So like, he, again, not many coaches can can say that. Like Kraft literally just hand you know lets him almost for the most part, other than the break mm -hmm. situation, deal with everything. So right. I don't think he would get that at a lot of other places. Again, a lot of owners like Jerry Jones, like he just, you know, power, power hungry and wants to be in control. Kraft's kind of like, Hey, you know, you, you've definitely, you know, proved your, your worth over the years. You know, you could, you know, run this team for the most part, how, how you want. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I hope he stays there and, you know, retires a, a Patriot. So. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely a good way to go out. You know, him, the face of the Patriots, really, you know, mm -hmm. it's so dominant. Last question on the NFL front for you, boys, before we move into college football. That's right. We talk it all here on Johnny Radio. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so this is for both of you. Tyson, let's go first. Biggest takeaway so far five weeks through the NFL season that's jumped out to you? Ooh, yeah. T Titans look good, man. <laughs> Yeah. The Titans look good, mm. man. I thought that was fake. I thought that was 2017 Jacksonville. Man, Ryan Tannehill has a, a 18 point higher pass rating than Patrick Mahomes in the last seven mm -hmm. games. Mm -hmm. Crazy, Ryan Tannehill, bro. Oh, but he I only mean, throws eight times a game. Yeah, but he right. wins. Yeah, dude, he kills it though. Man. He put 50 last night on the Bills, and mm -hmm. I thought the Bills look good. Um, yeah. I think the Titans look good, and we talked about it at the beginning of the show a little bit, but I'm pleasantly surprised with the Oakland Raiders as well. Mm -hmm. um, I think Gruden has done a great job, and like we said about Brian Flores, kind of flipping the culture. Over there, and we uh, they got mocked for those draft picks in year one, and all of a sudden they got a bunch of guys who are going out there to play football, and uh, they're doing it. And it's those two teams. I think the AFC um, kind of needed some new blood yeah. in the, after the last couple of years, and both those teams look uh, primed to be good for a while. Love it. Um, what about you, Kyle? Yeah, so I completely agree with both those uh, statements and takeaways um, from the Raiders as well as the Titans. I was very impressed by them last night. Um, I guess I'll switch it up a little bit, though. Uh, first team I'd say that's been very impressive is the Packers. Um, mm -hmm. Again, you know, them drafting Jordan Love, I think, you know, that kind of lit a fire under Rodgers' ass, and he's really, you know, out to prove something. He's been phenomenal. And, uh, you know, even without, you know, the lack of receiver talent, um, you know, Adams has been hurt. I know that other kid that they drafted or picked up, that Lazard or whatever his last yeah, name. Yeah, Alan Lazard. Lazard, uh, he's out on IR now, and you know they're still looking, you know, really good. And that defense, I don't think it's great, but it's holding up enough that you know if Aaron puts up 28, 30 points, mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. they'll, they'll win the game. So they've been very impressive. I'd like to see them, uh, you know, how the rest of the season goes and how that all shapes out. Um, Cause I think this is probably going to be one of Rogers last runs. So it'll be interesting to see if he could, you know, make it happen. And then I'd say a team that's been pretty disappointing is the saints. I'm Ooh. very surprised on uh, how, you know, much Drew Brees has appeared to drop off. Um, <laughs> yeah. He just, mm -hmm. he just can't mm -hmm. throw the ball. And like, I'm not going to lie, like, you know, Chargers in classic Chargers fashion blew that game. <laughs> yeah. You know, kickers, kickers, <laughs> right. Anthony Lynn you, being conservative. It's just, it's just terrible. And I feel bad for Herbert the most because, you know, he's, I think he's going to be special Ooh, yeah. and, and they have players on that team. It's just, things like special teams and the coaching decisions towards the end of the game, man, this is going to hold him back. But yeah, back to the saints. Um, just have them look great. Um, I think the offense is kind of stagnant. I mean, I know they they lost Thomas, um, but even, you know, without him, it, you know, everything's underneath they're throwing, you know, three, four, five yard drag routes, you know, comebacks. They can't push the ball down the field at all. Um, I don't think that's going to, you know, help them later on in the season when push comes to shove, but you know we'll 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 see. Um, what I think they're three and two. I mean they're definitely still in position. You know in that NFC South division. Um, I think they're tied with the Bucks. Oh, I guess they have the tiebreaker over the Bucks because they beat them. And then the Panthers are also three and two. But yeah, we'll see. What about you, Johnson? Give us your surprises so far. Yeah, I mean I really don't have too much to add. I uh, I like to see like a team like. The Chargers doing well with Herbert. I'd like to see the Steelers coming back with us, like with like Roethlisberger, like doing his shit. But at the same time, like we don't know what to expect, and it's so hard to bet during these NFL uh, games week to week, uh, which is a good thing actually because you know we've seen a lot of scoring that we haven't seen before, and um, we don't know what the Browns are yet. We got the Steelers and Browns next weekend, um, which should be great. Um, other than that, I don't know. I'm just really excited for what the NFL is putting out there as far as just, you know, teams being interesting. And I know like we have like a lot of like polarizing like games with like the Giants and Jets being on like Thursday Night Football and all that. But like, you know, whatever, like we're all in for it. We're all in for football. So. No, I, I completely agree. I think that the most surprising thing, and maybe it's not surprising, but I think the most telling thing for me is the NFL just shows how organizationally elite they are at pivoting anytime you, during you, the COVID. You see, you see a game like uh, Seattle versus like Dallas, like like on a on a late Sunday night, and everyone watches it. Like, yeah, that's a, that's a big game, and everyone watches it. It it, it really is. Well, yeah. I'm saying like even like late like. They had the they pushed the bills to Tuesday night and we're like, oh, they're supposed to play Thursday. Oh, we'll just move it to Sunday. It's like, all right, well, let's go. We're gonna go out and play. Like, just how bought in these teams and organizations are exactly and, and, great and, to watch. And, and, and I, I did forget to mention the Bills because I, I know they got their ass kicked by the Titans, but like the Bills are fucking on a trajectory to do well. Josh Allen, I fucking love him. Let's see how it goes. Let's ride. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's pivot to college football. Tyson, I hate to do this to you, bro, but we got to talk LSU. And you're the defending champ, so you could be happy for a while. Is it just the case of they lost so much talent bro, they and suck. it's hard to overcome? It doesn't, they <laughs> suck. It doesn't matter. Man, when Missouri is putting up 50 points on you, you man, they signed Bo Pelini, hired him to be the mm -hmm. new defensive coordinator. Everyone's all excited. You know, you're losing Dave Aranda. He's a great defensive mind. We're replacing him with this guy. Two million five, bucks. Five stars all over the field. And why, Missouri, does, why, why does Bo Pelini ever have a job ever? That's why I thought <laughs> as soon as they hired him. Such a joke. He's got the most punchable face, I think, <laughs> in the entire United States. But, uh, no, I mean, they suck. And then I forgot what it was like to be an LSU fan pre-Joe Burrow when you're watching that quarterback play and you're like, that guy sucks. Miles Brand sucks. But – you know, this is I mean it is what it is. I'm you gotta go just back to the old school. I mean, Terrace Marshall's been a bright spot for him, but um you just you can't win games when you allow these second tier programs, third tier programs in the SEC to put up fifty bombs on you. Mm -hmm. And week one, I think they kind of got caught by surprise with the Mike Leach offense at Mississippi State. But if you didn't know that was coming, 
what what did you do all off season? You didn't watch yeah. a single Mike Leach football game, and so like right, they fell off a cliff. Um, curious to see what happens next year, but, but Edo bought himself enough time that I don't think he's truly sweating. So we'll see with recruiting cycles and everything. But um, yeah, I'm looking at six and six. Let's see if they can make a bowl mm. game. Wow, that's wow. huge. That's a statement. They suck. Um, yeah, they're not good. They're they're not good. <laughs> yeah, they're not. <laughs> it's it's a tough. It's been a tough fall so far with with uh, your teams. You can't lose <laughs> in a hurry like that. That's just bad. No. Kyle, uh, we're going to talk about your guy, but in co- in the college space now, Trevor Lawrence. Is anybody beating Clemson? Because I mean, Miami. Everybody's like, oh, they got a shot, and they got fucking crushed. <laughs> like that was even close. It wasn't for a stupid block field goal. Dabble, I think, was just like, fuck it. Let's see if we can kick one this far. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah and talk to you about Clemson. I mean, again, I don't want to say like I'm like some bandwagon Clemson fan. I've followed them for a while. I've always kind of liked their players coming out of there, especially being a big receiver guy. You know, Sammy Watkins way back with like Taj Boyd. But, you know, looking at them now, I think this is and could be an all time Clemson team, even though they, you know, they lot, lost a lot of talent. Um, you know, Lawrence and ETN are just a force to be reckoned with. I, I really think that ETN especially does not get enough credit. Um, I know they had a little segment on him this past week for college game day. And, um, you know, obviously everyone knows he's a superstar, but I don't think people actually realize how good and how the numbers he's putting up. Um, like, I think he just broke the all time touchdown, um, scoring like he, yeah. he's 39 touchdowns just broke that record i think he's uh right up at the top at all time rushing yards in the uh, acc um like some really big you know statistical milestones and um you know after that miami game you know miami's big trash talking team you know classic <laughs> think you know they're good for 30 seconds and they think they're on top of the world and uh you know i think clemson took that as a sign of disrespect and they showed him you know who really is the best still um, I mean, that was a beatdown. You know, if that field goal wasn't blocked and if Lawrence didn't get hit from behind and fumble on his one run attempt or rush attempt, um, that could have been, you know, 56 to 10, you know. Mm-hmm. And again, even, you know, even with those couple mistakes, they were dominant. You know, they stopped King. I mean, he broke out a couple runs, but he could not throw the ball at all. They literally had no offense the first half. Yeah. I mean, they, they shut him down. Um, and, you know, ACC is actually – you know, for at least how ranked teams, you know, how they're going so far, they have, uh, well, they had a couple teams in the top 10, you know, North Carolina, North Carolina, Mac Brown, Mac Brown, baby <laughs> coming back. They're what five in the country now. Something yeah. like that. Think yeah. about that. Yeah. That's, that's nuts. Um, I really like their quarterback, Sam Howe, uh, mm-hmm. very young kid. I think he is, uh, again, a lot to prove in a bright future looking ahead. I don't know if their defense is quite there yet. Um, I think, who they just play Virginia Tech mm-hmm. put up like forty five on them. You know, it's not that one but, two punch out of the backfield is insane. No, it's I know. Oh yeah. yeah, Um, but that'll be interesting. I I'm not even sure if Clemson has to play North Carolina. I assume with all these you know uh, conference games that they do. Um, but you know that's a game definitely to look look forward to. Um, but I don't see anyone you know beating Clemson to be honest. I'm really curious to see how Ohio State looks. Um, I don't think Alabama's there uh, with that defense after Kiffin just mm. shredded, shredded that team. Yeah. Um, Destroyed. I love that so much. Oh, I'm, I'm completely 100% there. But yeah, maybe maybe Ohio State in the playoff. You know, Georgia, I don't know if they could put up enough points. We'll see. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't see anyone beating them unless some, you know, Lawrence or ETN get, gets hurt. We got a big tilt coming up here too with Georgia and Bama and Saban just testing positive for COVID. That's um, right. That's that's going to make things. That might change the entire uh, landscape of the season. Just that one positive test. Absolutely. Now you got Sarkeesian taking over in person, He's taking his nose oh, and God. Yeah. Things, doing yeah. doing Sarkeesian things on the sidelines, baby. <laughs> I mean, I'm <laughs> because I will say they're off. I mean, Alabama's offense hasn't missed a step, and I mean. You lose two first round receivers last year, but you got two more this year. It's like, come oh, on, man, like, yeah. and Mac Jones, you know, he's he's making a little name for himself. He looks pretty good, like draftable, good. Yeah, you know, he hasn't missed a beat, and he won't. It's just that defense, which is fine because like Alabama gets those like 
you know, recruits, but like, I, I, I don't know. Like, you, you can't let up forty-eight to, to old mess like that. That's my only concern. Yeah, and, I mean, Georgia's defense probably the best in the country, so it's going to be strength on He's strength. The best, yeah, right. yeah. So, I mean, that's going to be a fun one. I think that's the the Gary Danielson three thirty game too, right? Tyson on CBS, cool. yeah, my yeah. man. Yeah, he's he's great. I don't get the Gary Danielson hate. Um, oh man, I hate that guy. But this is the last weekend without. I know. Uh, this is the last weekend without Big, Big Ten, Ten football. football yeah. um, and I think probably there's really only three true contenders um, in Michigan. We've been saying that for however long Harbaugh's been there. But then obviously Ohio State and Penn State, and I think Michigan State might be. Sneaky good, and you know they got a first-year coach who came over from Colorado, so I'm not sure how he's going to be able to implement his stuff there. But I think this could be a down year for the Big Ten, besides it being Ohio State, Penn State. Uh, what, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, really, my only concern is I, I there's nothing that's going to work out well for Penn State in the long run because we're probably going to lose to Ohio State, and that's fine. It's going to be a shootout. We'll see what happens. Whatever, but like. You have the Big 12 obviously being out of contention this year, and then you have the Pac-12 out of contention, and then you see what happens in the SEC um, with you know Florida kind of out of it right now, and then Georgia, Alabama sitting there. Penn State's going to go ten and two, or what, what's the reschedule this year? Like, uh, I think it's what is it ten conference games in the Big ten conference games? Trend, so I like, think so. They'll go, yeah, yeah like nine and one or whatever. And then they'll have that one loss to OSU, and then that'll be it, which is fine. But like, we're just going to be subjected again to that. Period. Just the difference, yeah. The difference between like an Ohio a program of Ohio State's and I'm tired. And I'm, and I'm so sick of tired. Be like, okay, Ohio State, blah blah. blah <laughs> they're going to do this, point, like, yeah. But it's probably going to happen. But I mean, we'll see. You know what I mean? I'm just, I mean, what do you think about that, Tyson, overall? I mean, you're a big SEC guy, and all you hear is like, oh, the Big Ten's close to SEC, and continually it's not when you look at the draft. Um, I mean, what do you think about that overall, where I, this could be a down year for the Big Ten? Do you think that's that's possible? I, I mean, yeah, I think it is possible. I mean, with how crazy this whole offseason off has been with people opting out and opting back in, um, stuff like that, it's hard to really get a read on who's going to be good. I agree with you that I think it'll be an Ohio State walkover, but I might be more high on Penn State than you guys. You guys can speak to that better than I can. I don't <laughs> believe in Michigan. I never will. Yeah. Uh, Jim mm-hmm. Harbaugh lost me when he had that sleepover at that uh, high school kicker's <laughs> house. I haven't been a fan since then. What was that but, Nordine, uh, I think, was his last name. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. For, you slept at a high school kid's house for a 45-yard field goal. That's crazy. <laughs> but uh, – Can no, they – A 45-yard yeah. field goal. <laughs> but – I just, I mean, Ohio State is, they're the cream of the crop um, in that part of the country. And year after year, they turn out incredible recruits. But if there is going to be a year that they fall off, it could be this one. I mean, I'm a huge believer in Justin Fields, but there's a lot of talent to replace on that team as well. And without um, really being able to work into a college football season, because they take good teams early in the season normally and they beat them. But that's kind of a work-in period. And now you're just jumping right in to play teams who really, really want to knock you off. And as an – I mean, we're seeing it right now with LSU. you got a bunch of 18-year-old kids out there. They're not really sure. Um, they're not, point, yeah. not sure how this whole thing works. And so Ohio State's going to jump in, and they might get – they're going to get punched in the mouth early by somebody. And I'm curious to see how they respond. That's interesting. I mean, Kyle, you're always high on Ohio State, even as a Penn State fan. You just respect the program and the excellence. It's really hard not to, even as someone, you know, all of us who, you know, dislike Ohio State. But, I mean, what are your thoughts? You're plugged into the Big Ten in terms of you really follow it and, and keep up with, with the conference. Um, yeah, so I guess I'll weigh in on Ohio State first. Um, I do think they'll probably, you know, win outright and get to the college football playoff. Um, I know they did lose a decent amount of talent. Uh, but I think Justin Fields' leadership and, you know, how much he's he, – I mean, he basically was on the forefront of, you know, playing the season at all. Um, he's dialed in, and I really think he wants to show um, that this team can compete at, you know, the highest levels and and possibly compete for national championship. Um, and I believe Chris Alave is still there, their all-star outside receiver, um, yep. which, is, yeah. which is big because, you know, he's going to be an asset for sure on the outside. I mean, he made huge plays against Penn State, you know, last few years. 
Um, other than that, Michigan, you know, they just can't figure out the quarterback situation, which, you know, it's a quarterback, you know, league. Same with the NFL. I mean, obviously more so in the NFL, but even in college, like if you can't move the ball consistently or push the ball downfield, uh, you're not, you're not going to do too hot. Um, it's going to be really interesting. I think a sleeper could be Minnesota. Mm. I love, yeah, you're uh, high on Minnesota. I love PJ Fleck. Again, I don't think he gets enough credit. And Bateman's coming back, Bateman right? Bateman is coming back. I was literally just going to say that. That is a huge, <laughs> huge asset to them. That's a top 10 player in the Big Ten for sure. Uh, Tanner Morgan, I think, you know, he has the experience. He has the leadership. Um, they kind of all rally around him. I think they could they could do well. Do you think they can compete with uh, Wisconsin? Because they're very underrated too. I mean, obviously they generally are, but – yeah. Um Wisconsin's question. quarterback's out for the year though. Jack Cohen's yeah. out. He is, but they had that they have that uh, who is it? Um sorry, the more yeah. mobile guy, I think, right? But yeah, sorry. right, yeah. Yeah, I don't know his name. But yeah, yeah, I don't either. But I mean that's gonna be interesting because again, I was looking at the schedule and I don't believe Minnesota they're they're very favorable. I know Wisconsin. No, yeah, they are. Yeah. They don't play Minnesota doesn't play uh Penn State or Ohio State. Nope. Yep. Um, so they have Wisconsin, which is probably going to be their biggest game. And like you said, uh, Wisconsin starting QB is out. So, you know, that's a big loss for them. I think that's definitely a winnable game. And if, you know, they win outright, I mean, hey, yeah, yeah, you know, that'll be interesting. That's just a free ticket to lose to Ohio State 59 to nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, that one Wisconsin yeah. team who lost to the uh, Melvin the, Gordon. The, yeah, the Cardale Jones. What was it Ohio like? State Sixty to three. It was so that it game was, was that was bad. Was bad. Oh, my oh, bad. oh my god! Shout out to Melvin Gordon, by the way, dude. Shout out to Uber. Oh yeah. Oh, oh man, dude. Yeah. DUI coming in late. I'm like, come. I don't see. I don't know if it, but he's in Denver now. So do we know it was alcohol or was it something else? That he, say, he enjoys. I like I, I read that whole thing. I'm like, that's definitely something else that's going on there. He went from California to Denver. I mm-hmm. think we know why. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Johnson, you want anything else you want to add on the Big Big Ten? Because I want to ask these boys something I'm curious about. Yeah, no, it's fine. Um, so I'm excited for Minnesota to like get Bateman back, and um, obviously we're not all sold on Sean Clifford with Penn State, which is fine. He is a serviceable quarterback. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> and, um. I don't know. I'm very excited for Ohio State, Penn State. So we'll see. This is my question, and I'm I'm very curious about all three of you guys' answer here because I'm not a fan of Big 12 football. I think it's soft. I don't like the non-tackling, and the, I get they score a lot of points, but at, at some point when the defense is so incompetent, like it's just not a fun watch. And Oklahoma seems like they skate on their reputation of being Oklahoma. And when they get into the college play, football playoff, it seems like they always just get stomped because they're a Big 12 team. I'm kind of glad they lost two early because now they got no shot at winning or advancing to the college football playoff. But just give me your guys' thoughts on the Big 12 as a conference overall and just you know how it turned from really being an elite program with Texas um, – you know, Missouri was there, you know, obviously Oklahoma, and then turns into a, a flag football game with pads on. So I can actually react to that a little bit um, because I know someone that went to UT and played football there. Um, they purposely don't recruit defense. And that's not like a hard stance, but that's actually what they do. They are purposely looking for people that stand out on their offensive side, uh, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, what they could do to score points. And that's sort of been their offensive game plan for the past 12 years, 14 years. I mean, since Vince Young was there. I mean, yeah, it's um, don't get me wrong. It's very entertaining to watch, but it's tough to you know watch those games as you know someone who evaluates and decides who's going to be in the you know college football playoff and end up choosing one of them because it it's flag football. It's bad. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's honestly like high school. It's like you know these kids are even like three, four. You know they even get some like Texas some five star recruits, and it's just like it's laughably bad. And it's not even just the tackling. It's just you know 
they're out of position. They're not even like, you know, you're supposed to be playing like a cover two and the safety's like down in the box. Like, it's like, what, like, what are you doing? Um, so again, I don't know if that comes, goes back on coaching or these kids just don't care. Like, I don't, I don't really know. Um, I will say that one team that, again, I respect the coach a lot. I know he's gotten some flack recently with some comments or whatever he said, but I love Gary Patterson. Yeah. Yeah. Um, same. He's extremely, extremely underrated. And his team usually plays some, you know, tough defense back when he had, uh, you know, Andy Dalton, they beat Wisconsin in the Rose Bowl. I mean, that mm-hmm. defense was legit. People, people give him so much shit still because he's he doesn't have the offense that he used to have. You know what I mean? Yeah. But at the same time, he still has defense. And it's the same thing with, like, Oklahoma State and, you know what I mean? Um, so, yeah. I mean, yeah, they're like Gary Patterson and his team is, like, an exception. Other than that, it is pretty laughably bad. I mean, the worst probably being, you know, Kansas with oh. less miles, a national championship winning coach. <laughs> So, you look at a team like like with Kansas, Les Miles. Why why is he doing what he's doing? Why, dude? On I honestly couldn't even give. Yeah, maybe money, <laughs> but other than that, I have there's no there's no enjoyment. You can't get anything out of it. You're not gonna build yourself for getting something. Like why? I just could enjoy what? a lot of things with money. Yeah, <laughs> but like, I mean, come on, like, what the fuck? I understand man? what you're saying. It is, yeah. it is a curious why he chose to go there. I don't want to point. Like, yeah. wow, I don't know. What and he's be doing. that bad at what he's doing. I, yeah, yeah I, don't, I, I just can't figure it out. Even if it was for the money, I don't know what he's doing out there. What is he buying up cornfields? Like, I don't. Know. <laughs> like, even if, even if it's for the money, like, like that's what the property I is. Don't <laughs> fucking like, kill yourself, Jesus Christ! Like, he seems like he's off the wall, anyways. Um, getting back to the Big Twelve, though, one point I wanted to make on that because uh, we're talking about their defense and not ever being able to stop anybody. But it's curious when they do go to the college football playoff and they get held to 14 points 21 points mm-hmm. because these other defense or these other college defensive coordinators are able to scheme around what they do and they're stopping yeah. uh heisman trophy winner baker mayfield with georgia when they beat them or uh last year when lsu stomped oklahoma into the ground it's over and over we see them go to these big games and then they just get thoroughly out coached outmatched mm-hmm. out physical over and over again and you're watching it and you're like, how is no other big 12 coach thinking like, man, if I just, I could do a little bit of that. Like yeah. it's just, no, let's try to score 75 this week. <laughs> well, we think, we think about a guy like Lincoln Riley too. Like he can only, you uh, can't develop anyone. You know what I mean? So Not on the defense, certainly. I mean, what do you think about like, like Lincoln Riley, like having a quarterback come in, like him teaching shit? Um, I guess I'll touch on this. I mean, I think Lincoln Riley is, pretty i don't know he's pretty creative on the offensive side of the ball i'd say like he has had success with you know young quarterbacks that have moved on in, into the nfl um as like a head coach and like someone who you know is in charge at the end of the day of you know a team as a whole in the defense i don't quite think he's all the way there yet um but you know it's going to be interesting to see because you know is rattler the answer and right. if you know if they can't if they can't be putting up what they they normally are, or, you know, Rattlers making all these bad decisions and putting their defense even, you know, in worse scenarios, and they're already bad. I mean, they won't be getting back to the college football playoffs anytime soon. So I can't remember. Like I, I know, I, I know Rattlers like being like put like in a unique situation right now where he's very young. But was like Baker like that? I can't. No, nah, he uh, was a, he was a, like a two time transfer. Yeah. Right. So he was he was older. Yeah. Okay. And then Kyler Murray transfers from A and M, and he was in that program for a little bit. Right. So they were both. They okay. It, so it wasn't the same. Okay. Yeah. And obviously everybody knows Jalen Hurts. I think when you go back to the development, like when we talk about Lincoln, Lincoln Riley, um, this is the first project he's right had, right? Because he had <clears throat> Baker Mayfield, who was in, who knew the system, older yeah. guy. Then t- Kyler Murray, the next guy in line. Mm-hmm. Oh, then we get a grad transfer. Oh, where's he transferring from? Nick Saban. Oh, yeah, he's a winner, and he knows how to lead. Oh, perfect, perfect situation. Then you got a kid who's a hot shot, you know, kind of like one of the new age guys. Like, it's all about social media. He's a young guy, and he's turnover prone. He's really talented. Like, he makes throws that, you know, I don't even think even Baker Mayfield was making 
in college where it's like, but you got to develop him to make these smart plays and to coach out those turnovers. And I think this is going to be a test to see how good of a coach Lincoln Riley is because, I mean, you'll hear the talking heads. It's like, well, why don't, why don't the Cowboys call Lincoln Riley? It's like, well, is, is Lincoln Riley really going to do that much for the Cowboys? I mean, do, do you, you still, know what I mean? Do you still think that, like a two-and-two two Oklahoma team? I mean, I'm sure there are people out there who's like, ah, it's just Oklahoma, it's college. But it's like, yeah, but there's a reason. Like, Oklahoma has the best team in the Big 12 every time they step on the field. Like, they should not lose the Kansas State who had players out for COVID yeah. and then choke a game against Iowa State. I mean, just from the recruiting alone, they should win 90% of their games. Right. You know, that's what they, they did, did under Stoops, to be fair, under Bob Stoops. Oh, yeah. You know? yeah. I mean, that's kind of what college football is in, in a weird in a weird way. Like, if you can recruit and you're a big program, you know, you should be winning, you know, 80, I'll say 80% of your games. And then the last, you know, two, three games of the season when it's like competitive and you're playing equal talent, that's when it comes down to coaching. Yeah. And, uh, I think we've seen, you know, um, even though Lincoln Riley, for example, I think, again, he is very, you know, creative offensively. But, you know, when it, when uh, he plays teams with an assemblance of a defense, you know, he struggles a little bit. So it, it will be interesting to see how this whole Spencer Rattler and the rest of the season turns out. Because obviously Rattler is very talented. I just think, uh, you know, Lincoln needs to uh, just calm him down and, you know, teach him kind of how to go through your reads. You know, you have he has time in the pocket, you know, you're, it's not always the first, you know, guy you're looking at, you know, you could check it down. You could throw the ball away. I mean, I, I think, I think at the end of the day, you know, he'll get, he'll get the team back to, you know, eight, nine, 10 wins again. The division isn't that, or the conference isn't that, you know, tough. What, um, do, you, what do you guys think of Tom Herman? Is he done? It's getting close. Yeah. He's yeah. getting close. He's getting close, I mean, man. Was it two years ago? Sam Ellinger was like everybody's hot pick to win the Heisman before the season. Yeah. Now, like that dude gets to line up and play quarterback for one of the biggest <laughs> programs in the country over and over again, and he hasn't gotten any better in the last two years. He looks like the same shit. <laughs> I mean, you can have your uh, urine charts or whatever to make sure everybody's <laughs> hydrated and all that other shit he's got going on down there. But I mean, Tom Herman was the hottest name in college football a couple of years ago, and I have been thoroughly unimpressed by what and, he's done at that point. He's been like around five hundred with most of his wins. Since then, I like, think he's, since that Sugar Bowl win, I think. Yeah, I think he's eighteen and twelve in the Big Twelve. So that's yeah, not that, that does that does cut it. That's not no, great. Not, it's great. not with that Texas money either. No, that's what I was yeah. That money, that's not going to cut it. Um, speaking of a program that's really underachieved, a dormant giant. Let's let's fix USC. What what do they need? Because I mean, it's been embarrassing, right? I mean, for to have that many players leave your state when they would go when you had, you know, Pete Carroll there, and they were just dominating. And obviously, you know, back in the day too, like the old heads can talk about, oh, USC. You know, that was before us. We really knew USC with Pete Carroll. Yeah. Um, I mean, is it as simple as they just need a new coach, or what's what's the issue? I, I'll take. I'll go first on this one. I just think, yeah. like, they're not flashy enough. Like, I mean, it, that's a weird answer. But if I'm an 18-year-old kid and I want to go play football, L.A. has to be somewhere near the top of my list. And they're losing out on these recruits because over and over again, it's like I could go live in L.A. and I could win six games a year. I could go down to Alabama, sit for two years, win two natties, you know, and maybe go in the first round of the draft. They're not turning out pros like they used to. Um, the shine is completely gone from that program. They've bungled the head coach situation for years in a row now and um, I just think they're in the most attractive spot probably to get recruits and it's like the offense is boring the defense sucks and you're like when you're losing games to like Oregon State mm. and I'm watching that at home I'm, I'm not taking that scholarship I'm just that's what it is I think that's a great point and when you look at it you you play games against like Oregon, Oregon State, whatever and then your one competitor is Oregon, right? Like in the Pac-12, right? So it, it's hard to say you need to bring like a a big name in there to coach. I don't know if that's the answer or not. Yeah, um they're in like a weird situation right now. Um, I actually kind of like their QB, Kevin Slavis. I mm -hmm. actually, he's actually pretty high on some big boards. 
um, you know, for returning QBs this season. Um, it is sad to see um, JT Daniels was there mm-hmm. and you know, he transferred to Georgia, which is also surprising because he's not starting there. So I don't know what the deal is with that. Yeah. But, um, Did he opt out because of COVID and then he, try to come back? Yeah, that's what happened. That yeah. happened? Yeah. All right, yeah, because I think JT Daniels is legit. Uh, I mean, five-star recruit. And, you know, him coming in, you know, after they had Darnold, you know, they were they were good with Darnold. I mean, they had they had a flashy offense. They had Juju. They had a Dory Jackson, I believe. Or was it Ronald Jones? One of the two. Ronald Jones. Yeah, Ronald Jones. Um, I mean, they, they were flashy then, and they put up points. Again, defense wasn't great, but I think they need to get back to almost what Tyson said. They got to get back to flashy, and they're out in L.A. I mean, they used to be doing – like drugs on the sidelines. Yeah, with- yeah Snoop got to be a practice. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, if that's I think like I think I think they're still trying to get over like the Lane Kiffin, just like having him, you know, like a flashy like guy come out there. You know what I mean? Like I I don't know if that's the wrong decision because I think it is to have a guy like that come out there, but I don't know who could fix it right now. Yeah, I mean, I think. The flashy thing though will get people there, and then if they could like tame them down and like under like have them understand that like there's all this fun, but at the same time like we have like a legit chance to be a real program. Um, again, it's like a weird yeah, because it's weird wide open right there. Now, yeah, they have all that talent. Like yeah. they can get it. They have. Yeah, it. they can get it. Yeah, it's just I don't know. It's I just, mean, that's what that's what Pete Carroll did, right? He's like exactly. Look, I mean, yeah. we got obviously we think of Reggie Bush. You know, but Keyshawn Johnson even before, you know, that team was flashy. You know, they put up a ton of points, but they would also beat the shit out of you on defense. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the thing mm-hmm. about their identity was – obviously, we all know about Pete. Like, he wants to make you not play in the second half. Like, he wants to crush yeah, we didn't want to touch him. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think something like that. Honestly, if I'm them, if I can't get Urban Meyer, which I think that's their golden no, goose. No, you know, it is, it is, I, yeah. yeah. I mean, I look yeah. at the NFL – I mean, what better thing to get kids in in high school oh. and be like, yo, I, I know what it takes to get in the NFL. Come okay, to this so, program. So what would it take for like a get like a Cliff Kingsbury to come back to do that? You know uh, I mean? He ain't he ain't leaving Arizona unless they drag him out of there. He's got his guy in Murray. He's chilling. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, but what would it take? You know what I mean? Like to make that transition. I'd say like sure. ten million dollars. Yeah. I don't know if the NFL is the move though, because you have like somebody that Obviously, it's not the hardest spot to recruit to, but you still have to have somebody that understands the ins and outs of recruiting yeah. um, on a deep right. level. Because, like, if you went and got, just for example, like a recently fired Dan Quinn or something, yeah. he's coming in there. He doesn't know what the hell is going on. Like, he's – they just have to recruit L.A., like Pete Carroll said when he was there. And they'll That's be what I'm fired. saying. Like, right. But you have to yeah. find somebody that knows how to recruit L.A. Yeah, no, that's a good point. That's that's a fair point. And it's really – and it's kind of like it seems like it's a simple fix for them, but they just fucked themselves over and over where it's like – it was like, oh, maybe this – it's this margin. Now it's like off the screen. It's like I don't even know where to start. You know, we yeah. got to go from the ground up again. No, I so, completely agree. And all right, it, boys. It, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, and it's going to be, you know, interesting to see if, you know, Slavis pans out or what they're going to do after him. Just because if you think back, USC has had a rich history with quarterbacks, um, you know, over the years. And, you know, a couple of them winning Heisman. Um, a lot of them obviously going to the NFL. You'll get Darnold back, man. Come on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah seriously. Um, and I guess before, uh, Brad, you wrap up or say whatever you have to say, um, I was just going to say it's going to be interesting uh, with the Pac-12. Um, I think they're only playing seven or eight games, but if like an Oregon or someone, you know, does end up running the table, do they have a shot at the playoff? It's going to be an interesting question. Absolutely. Something I think so. I think on. they do, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, so our wrap-up here, boys, I just want to know, like, it's tough to pick, predict the college football playoff right now, but just give five teams for everybody out there, who, you know, who's kind of getting back into college football to keep an eye on going forward. Uh, Tyson, let's start with you. I mean, Ohio State, Clemson, Bama is obviously the big three. After that, it gets kind of tricky. I mean, I'm my – like worst case scenario for this weekend or for the coming weeks is Georgia beats Bama without uh, saving on the sideline. Mm. Bama gets back, beats Georgia. There's two SEC teams in the playoffs right there with the other two. And like, I'm trying to think of a fifth one, but I mean, to me, I think right now those are the four best teams in college football. Um, I don't know. Somebody give me some names. Um, yeah. I was actually talking to Brad about this. I don't know if it was earlier yesterday or, 
whenever earlier in the week. But looking at the teams that are still undefeated, and this is not counting the Pac-12, this is teams who have played a game. There are a decent amount of teams that can theoretically win their conference and run the table. I'm not saying that they're going to get picked to obviously go into the playoff, but teams like uh, Cincinnati or mm-hmm. an SMU or a BYU or, you know, uh, if Oklahoma State runs the Big 12, you know, what what happens with them? I mean, you know, if everyone else has a loss or two, uh, you know, that's going to be hard to tell Cincinnati with 10 or 11 wins. Hey, sorry. So we'll have to see. I'm just nervous about the precedent that the College Football Playoff Committee set a couple years ago when they let the two SEC teams in over an undefeated uh, UCF. Mm, and yeah. I'm just hoping they don't fall back on that this year because, granted, that was a great national championship game, but that's just I just don't think that's the way things should be done. No, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think that's an argument for an expansion too, but that's a, that's a whole separate conversation. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I really think there's, you know, three, maybe four front runners. And after that, I definitely say it falls off. So I don't know if the expansion would necessarily be a great thing. I know there's a lot of statistics. If you look at like the average score of the games, it, for, at least in like the first game, it's kind of ridiculous. There haven't been a lot of close games like at all. Um, but it'll be, it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, if, you know, North Carolina loses, Notre Dame loses, they're still undefeated. Um, kind of how the top, 10 top eight starts to shape out um, in terms of seeding uh, when we get farther into the season. Mm-hmm. What about you, Johnson? Who you look, who you keeping an eye on? Uh, so I'm going to give Clemson that nod. And then uh, I'm going to go Penn state over Ohio state. They're going to get that. So number Ooh. two, and uh, I'm not going to give Notre Dame or UNC or any of them. So I'm going to give Georgia and you know what? Let's ride with SMU. They're going to ride. There Dang we go. It. All right. Pony Express, baby. <laughs> Pony Express, man. We're coming back. <laughs> I love it. I, I think my five teams that I'm interested in just seeing how the season goes, obviously number one, Clemson, right? This could be Trevor Lawrence's last ride. It is his last ride. I want to see that. And they're going to dominate teams. To Bama without Tua, you know they're still putting up offense, but Saban's defense starting to have uh, a couple a couple flaws in it, which is surprising. Three, I am going to go Notre Dame. Notre Dame, Ian Book. I'm curious to see how they finish. Are they elite or not? That's always the question with Notre Dame. But I'm definitely keeping. Yeah, but the answer is always no. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, not with Manti Teo and his fake girlfriend. That's true. (laughs) Uh, Number four, Ohio State. Justin Fields, last hurrah. Ryan Day, can he do it with Urban's players before he has to start getting his own recruits in there? And number five, I'm going to go Homer, Penn State. Can they finally knock off Ohio State and then be in the driver's seat for the Big Ten? Those are my five teams right now. Fuck the Big 12. Fuck the Pac-12. <laughs> We're going Midwest over. <laughs> Yo, we the, got- big, the Big Ten's going to fucking ride this year, man. <laughs> We're going to fucking take over Ohio State. Fuck <laughs> We got Johnson's dog on here. Um, Before we sign off, boys, make sure to follow us on thenakedtake.com. All of us are contributors. Johnson's going to get going on there. He says he wants to do some blog stuff. Uh, Tyson does MMA. Tyson's going to do some more college football. Um, Kyle does entertainment, some movie reviews. Hopefully theaters come back. Um, But he's doing Netflix stuff, and he's going to do some more college football stuff, he said. Um, I know you guys are big Instagram people over Twitter. So, Tyson, plug your Instagram. It's just at Tyson Gentry, T Y S O N G E N T R I. Yeah, just find my handsome face on there, twenty four seven. Kyle, plug yours. Uh, yeah, so it's just my first and last name. So it's Kyle Banashevsky. That's K Y L E B A N A S H E F S K I. I know that's a handful, but it'll be worth a follow. I promise you. <laughs> Go give him a follow, Johnston. Let's let's sign us off. Johnny Hazoff at J-O-H-N-N-Y. Hazoff, like you're hazing someone. So uh, H-A-Z-E-O-F-F. <laughs> um, check out our <laughs> podcast at Johnny Radio. Johnny Radio podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Brad, leave it back to you. Yeah, follow me on Twitter. B-W-A-K-A-I. B-W-A-K-A-I. Again, check out both podcasts. Johnny Radio, we're on Spotify, Apple Pods. You can watch our beautiful faces on YouTube and now on Apple, or I'm sorry, now on Amazon 
music. So that's a big thing for you, Amazon people. And then you've heard Tyson Gentry on mine, Brad Wakai show, Apple pods, just got it up on Spotify as well. Um, so follow us all. We'll definitely be talking more about football. It's been a hell of a roundtable discussion, boys. Always a fun time to chop it up talking ball. Yes, sir. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. No, yeah, it's been Absolutely. an absolute pleasure. And uh, I'll be in State College for the uh, Ohio State game, so maybe a little uh, special look into uh, you know the scene around town. So looking forward to it. We'll have boots on the ground. Oh, yeah. we got boots on the ground. Awesome. <laughs> All right, boys, have a good one. Yep. Later, guys. Oh, see you guys. I swear to God, I wasn't born to fight. Maybe just a little bit.